Welcome to Ask the Latina. I'm your host, Terry Beltran. This program is about the opportunity to ask and learn from a Latina trailblazer with the mission to inspire and motivate Latinas to enter a career where we just do not have enough representation. For more resources, visit our website, askthelatina.com. Welcome to Ask the Latina. My guest is Dana Martinez. She's an engineer, and she's going to give us an idea of what it was like for her journey going through engineering and all the education she had. She's uh, a Latina that has a PhD, so I'm looking forward to hearing her journey in that. Thank you, Dana, for being with us. Thank you so much, Terry, for having me. Well, let's start with your heritage, where you were born, um, growing up, what, at what point did you have an interest in uh, engineering? Was it, you know, in uh, high school or going to college? Sure. Yeah. So I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um, both my mom and dad are also um, Puerto Rican. And I... Um, Grew up in San Juan, um, between San Juan and Bayamón. My parents were divorced, um, but I did spend time with both of them. Uh, my mom lived in the metropolitan area, and then my dad lived more in like the countryside mm-hmm. of, of Bayamón. So that gave me a, a bunch of different um, experiences growing up. And as to how I got interested in engineering, um, I think since a very young age, um, I had developed a curiosity for science and math. Those were my favorite classes um, while I was in school. And then, um, so, you know, like when, when you're curious and good at science and math, it's usually, um, or at least when I was growing up, um, the most, um, like, um, how do you say, like the the careers, right, yeah. that yeah. line up with those interests were um, in that point, engineering and medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and medicine didn't really <laughs> caught my attention because I have not very good with blood or things like that. I just don't have this stomach for it. Yeah. Um, so I decided to go to go with engineering because of that reason. And then engineering has so many different majors that you can choose from. And um, even though I'm sometimes introvert, I am social, so I like um, being with people. And um, when I was looking at the different engineering options, it seemed like industrial engineering would give me the opportunity um, to do that. And and that's how I, I went into it. That's great. So um, did you go to college in Puerto Rico or here? Yeah, so my bachelor's, I did it in the University of Puerto Rico, Mayagüez campus. Um, There are several options in Puerto Rico um, to get a bachelor's in engineering, um, but that's the public school and it's very renowned. And I got accepted. And even though it was farther from home and I had to um, leave closer to school, um, we we decided to to go with that option. That's good. And what was it like as far as going through the classes? Um, did you find, um, well, being in Puerto Rico, I'm sure there was a lot of other Latinas in the class, right? Or was it still more men? 
so yeah so all classes were in spanish um and um yeah so the majority right of people that attend um college in puerto rico are also latino so in that sense um i didn't see like that underrepresentation in that way but yes you could see more men than women um in those engineering classes and you could also see it with professors right more male mm. professors than than female professors mm. as well um i also think like for me high school was easier and um that was kind of a wake up call when i went to college i kept doing things like i did when i was in high school mm-hmm. and that proved very quickly <laughs> to show that i was not going to be successful if i didn't um you know change the way mm-hmm. i approach studying for classes and things like that um the first couple of years were were very rough um you know from coming from getting straight A's without too much effort to getting my first F ever um, in an exam and having to, again, um, readjust, right? Not letting that bring me down too much because it did bring me down, right? Um, but not letting that deter me from, um, from continuing on and just, you know, making the adjustments and asking for help and doing the things that I needed to do in order for, for to be successful. That's a good point. You know, I think that uh, it happens to all of us. I mean, I, I did feel the same way that all of a sudden, you know, it's totally different in college and, and you do work harder. Um, so, mm-hmm. so it was good that you said you asked for help. So sometimes we think we, we can't ask or we don't know who to ask. So how did you determine who to ask for help? So, no, yeah, that's a very good point, right? Because there's something about like that we might feel like if we ask for help, we're not as smart or we are weak. And it's all the contrary, right? Asking for help shows, you know, strength. And um, there are so many resources available um, to students at these universities. It's just a matter of, you know, finding them and knowing where they are. And the sooner you figure out what those resources are and where they are, the better. A lot of times what happens is you find them, you know, a couple of years, three years into your degree, and you're like, oh, I hope I knew about this before. But there are tutoring services. There's mental health services. Like, um professors and their office hours right like a lot of times we don't we feel like we're bothering the professor and that's what they're there for right and a lot of times um and i can say this because i was also a professor for a while um we have those office hours and um students just don't come and we are available to answer questions and to help and give that one-on-one help um, but students just don't don't use them. So making sure, right, that that you use those resources because they are there to help you out. That's true. I heard in a panel a few months ago um, there was a female engineer, and she said, uh, "Ask the professors for questions because uh, get get your money's worth." <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for sure. And, you know, like there might be some professors that, you know, feel it as a burden, but I can guarantee you like 99% of professors are willing and 
more than happy to help their students. Like they want to see you succeed, not the other way around. Yeah, right. That's good. So you graduated industrial engineering. Where did that uh, take you after that? Yeah. So then after that, um, I had a professor talk to me about grad school. Like that was not in my plans at all. Um, but you know, that opened the door for me to, um, check it out and, you know, see if it was a possibility for me and it was, um, so I got a scholarship that covered for everything. And that's another thing too, right. That somewhat sometimes deter us from going to school is the monetary aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And the same, like there's so many scholarships and fellowships out there especially for women, right? And in these um, um, fields where we are underrepresented that are just there for us to grab and use them. And a lot of time, you know, they, they go on use. So I was able to get a full um, scholarship slash fellowship to go to graduate school and do my master's and PhD. And I did it all without any depth or anything like that. Um, they actually also gave me a stipend so I could leave while going to school. So, so yeah, so if, you know, that's something that interests you and maybe like me, you don't, you know, you don't have not even thought about graduate school and going for a master's or PhD after graduating with your bachelor's. But um, if that is something that you want to do, there are options and help for you to be able to do it too. And that's how I ended up at the University of South Florida in Tampa, doing my master's and PhD um, in industrial engineering. Um, after seeing all the help that I was going to get, um, you know, just in a matter of like what I'm getting to go to school and what I'm getting to get this job, you know, do, go and do this job for which I got a job offer. Um, it just made sense for me to continue with with school yeah definitely um plus um you got it right away so so did you get your phd right afterwards too or did you have a time frame where you didn't so i did a combined um program where um i did my master's and and phd it was a five-year program it took me six but again that's that's fine too <laughs> right like that's um, about average. I mean, really, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it turned out, mm -hmm. um, no, but you got both of them. So that's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never heard of a program where you have both. So that's really uh, fortunate that you're able to do both like that. Yes. Yes. And usually, especially in engineering, um, I was told, and I saw it's true, professors usually prefer to um, finance a student that's going for their PhD directly um, because in terms of research, right, it makes more sense for them to have somebody for five to six years to work on research with them as opposed, you know, to just two or three with a thesis for a master's. So, um, yeah. And that's one thing I do know. Um, uh, when you have a PhD and you're at the university, you're doing research, but it's also part of your a job sort of in a way too, right? Right, right, right. So you're working on right. research and uh, I know that's pretty interesting, I think. So did you enjoy that? And did you find some new things that, that uh, you were able to develop 
for yourself going through that path? For sure, yes. I I always say that um, once you have done a bachelor's and a master's, a PhD is not so much an academic challenge, but a mental challenge, right? <laughs> it it um it tests your perseverance, your patience, um, how much you want this. Because academically, again, you have already gone through a bachelor's, you have already gone through a master's. If you have done that. You can, you know, you can do a PhD, you can do those classes, you can go through the research, but it, I feel like it did test me in other ways um, that, again, like in the moment, um, in, some, in some seasons of it, I might have felt, um, you know, like, oh, I can't do this or this is too much. Um, maybe I should quit. Um, but you know, pushing through it at the end, you develop so much character and so many other skills that I still have with me. Um, and looking back, I think one of the things that I would do different is enjoy the process more. I feel like I was a little too stressed all the time. <laughs> and um, now when you look back at it, right, and after, you know, you gain some experience and, and you deal with other things like being married and having kids and stuff like that, you look back and you say like, oh, that wasn't that wasn't that bad. Like I should have yeah. enjoyed the process more yeah when you're done you have all this free time you're like oh what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> everything you know family kids and school it's interesting yeah um so what when you were going through this what what were you expecting as far as a career goes and what was your first um first job after you finished your phd Sure. I, I always love this question because I never had like that five year plan, 10 year plan or anything like that. Like uh, my only plan was to get my bachelor's in industrial engineering and start working at, you know, at a company and doing um, maybe manufacturing or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it was never my plan to go to graduate school or to do any of the things that I've done really <laughs> so far. Um, but it's just like doors just kept opening to me and just not, um, you know, denying myself of those opportunities as those doors were opening. And a lot of times I was very afraid. <laughs> I was terrified of, you know, going down those paths. But um, I'm a firm believer that being afraid shouldn't be a reason not to do something and that you should do it afraid anyways. <laughs> and and that's what happened with graduate school, right? Like I was not thinking on going to graduate school and the door opened, so I went and I finished it. And then after that, um, a lot of door opened to me to do healthcare systems engineering. Hmm. And um, that's something that really caught my attention because it's, you know, still doing good with using engineering and that's something that's part of my personality like I feel like I need to be whatever I'm working I need to be doing something where I feel I'm making a difference and healthcare systems engineering um, was you know was doing that for me in the sense that the work that I was doing by improving processes and lowering you know doctors and nurses mistakes and things like that mm. had a direct impact on the quality of life of patients 
and and that was very appealing appealing to me but that's something i didn't know i could do until going through graduate school and doing my dissertation um so then um life moved me to boston where i was able to um do a postdoc fellowship at northeastern university at their healthcare systems engineering institute um and then there again i continued to do that work with different um hospitals in the boston area as well as research and as well as mentoring students um that were doing engineering as well and then after that a door opened for me to um join as a faculty member at the northeastern mechanical and industrial engineering department and again like it was something that i had not planned when i finished my phd academia was not my first choice mm. i wanted to go to industry and then after discovering healthcare systems engineering mm. i thought i was going to join a hospital mm. and and work in the systems um engineering or quality department um but that door opened and i said let's do it um and that's how i ended um being a faculty and being a professor for about six and a half years mm. and that was also a great a great experience that taught me that taught me a lot as well that sounds really great um it sounds like you really enjoy being in the faculty area and and the research with the health sounded really interesting to me uh, you mentioned you mentored some students. Were they were there other Latinas or Latino students that you had a chance to mentor in in Boston? I did have a couple of them that were part of the institute, and that was great. Um, it was it was a great and rewarding experience for me to be able to um, show them that's possible for us to get to those positions. Mm -hmm. um, and I I always take with me some of the comments and, and things that they told me um, while I was mentoring and or teaching um, some of these, some of these students. I remember this one student in particular, female that um, when I was teaching, I already had one kid, I was pregnant with the second, and um she told me like she really appreciated me and showing her that you could have a career and a family mm. um at the same time that that's possible you know to do because a lot of times we hear right like it's one or the other or mm. it's very hard which is very hard to balance both right i'm not gonna lie yeah. but it is possible to do yeah that's right it is possible um, and then like, it's interesting that you didn't want to go into medical, but yet you ended up <laughs> in the medical field. As an yes. <laughs> yes. So remember how I told you, like, I'm not good with blood yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> and then now I'm here, um, doing this project on how to reduce the infections from, um, putting central catheters on ICU patients. And, mm. uh, here I am having to make observations in full bunny suit in an ICU room, seeing this nurse put this like huge needle all the way to the heart of this patient and me trying not to like faint or anything like that. So I ended up still 
um, big things like this. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it seems like destiny just had you coming back there. But that, yeah, that, that do it show that it, Yeah, and it's great to see that in engineering you can be in the medical field too. That's why we call it STEM. So it's really it's really fulfilling. So definitely. And that's one of the things that I enjoy the most about industrial engineering and is that it's not, you know, you don't have a set industry that you need to work in. Like mm-hmm. industrial engineering just gives you this set of tools that you can use basically in any industry, in finance, manufacturing, health, banking, um, you name it. Yeah, that's great. I like that. That's really good that you mentioned that because it does give you a lot of options and you prove that. So. So if you were to go back in time and and back when you were in Puerto Rico and you were in you know high school, knowing now that you're going on this path, is there something you would have advised yourself differently or just something that you think would have uh, been something you would have wanted to know? Um, I think one of the things, and, and I think you always hear this, but still don't like completely believe it, but it's that difference between high school and college mm-hmm. and how the way you study and the way you approach it mm-hmm. um, needs to be needs to be different. I think like I heard it, but I really didn't <laughs> pay too much attention to it. Um, and I, I feel like if I would have gone with a different strategy to those first couple years, life would have been a little bit easier <laughs> for me. And I think the other advice that I would give myself is to, like I was saying, enjoy the process more. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, yeah, I feel like a lot of times, um, and I see it too, like in my nieces and in other students, um, you're so focused on getting that A in that exam or um, making sure, you know, that you get that 4.0 GPA or something like that, that you forget to really enjoy enjoy the process yeah and i think that's very that's very important yeah yeah you don't realize that's really the the years where you didn't have to worry about too much (laughs) right 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 and i school that's it (laughs) and i meet with our um some of our graduate students now at chip and they sometimes are like, oh, I wish I can get done with this already. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, you don't. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know what's right, <laughs> coming right. next. Exactly. You want to, you know, you want to enjoy where you are um, right now. I know it's, but, you know, easier said than done, but, but you really want to enjoy where you're at right now. Yeah, that's so true. So now a ship, Society of Hispanic Engineers, tell us how you landed there and, um, what you what you how that was that experience as far as shifting over from where you were with the medical and and being a uh and you know academics as far as um professor and everything yeah so as much as i was enjoying my time as a faculty member um because of the students and the teaching part there was a couple things from academia that i was not enjoying so much um, and then with um, COVID, mm-hmm. I got a little um, burnt out and um, I just felt stuck and like I needed a change. And that's something in my personality too. Like whenever I feel stuck 
somewhere and I feel like I need to challenge myself mm -hmm. or change the environment so I can continue growing um, instead of just sitting in it and complaining and feeling sorry for myself. Um, again, I do a little bit of that. I'm not saying I don't do it. <laughs> I think it's normal and it's okay to do it. But you don't want to stay in that place, right? You want to look for, for options and, and try to try to get out of that place um, in order to be able to continue growing. And um, so I was looking for options. My family relocated back to Florida from, from Boston. So I left my faculty position and I was thinking about what to do next. And I saw the position with Chip as a prog uh, program manager with the Research and Innovation Office. And I, as I read the description, I was like, I can do this. And I really want to do this. Um, I was familiar with Chip because I was a Chip member as a student, mm -hmm. um, both undergraduate and graduate. So I was very familiar with the mission and what they have done to help me as well, because um, I even got a scholarship with them as a graduate student. Um, so I was very familiar with the mission. I already loved the organization. Um, so I said, what, why not? Let me apply. And also the possibility of having an impact that was bigger than just my small Hispanic community at Northeastern was very appealing to me because CHIP is national, right? So then, um, I could help advance that mission at, at a national level. And, and that's how I ended with CHIP. I've been with CHIP for over a little bit over a year. I'm now a director for the Research and Innovation Office. Um, I oversee some of our pre-college program as well as our current programming, research and data analytics. And one of my favorites, which is graduate programming. And I say it's one of my favorites because I think it's very important to increase, um, you know, Hispanic, Latinx, representation in academia and the way to get there is getting more of us through graduate school and in those academic positions. So that support, providing that support to our graduate students and our faculty is very, very dear to my heart. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I used to be president of National Society of Hispanic MBA. So, and, and, and that was kind of like kind of the similar mission to get more Latinos to go from a bachelor's to a master's because we didn't have that much. So I think mm -hmm. that's excellent that, that you have that program with SHIP because definitely yeah. to continue that is very important. Would you like to see a PhD program also be developed? And supporting, you know, Latinos in, in engineering. I mean, do many of them want to continue and, and go to a PhD or you, it's kind of hard to tell? I think, I think like, this the awareness right like this is really an option for you i feel like a lot of us once we finish our bachelor's and get that amazing <laughs> job offer um we often overlook graduate school but um the reality is right like nowadays too um with positions being more specialized and research based and data analysis based um going to graduate school does give you a competitive edge if you want to um, go to those more, you know, advanced positions. Right. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. 
Well, thank you, Dana. I think uh, that you gave us a full circle of what it's like to pursue industrial engineering and all the uh, all the things that you can do with it as far as even continuing your education. And uh, I think it's great. I think that the, that's really important because there's so many different fields in engineering and for Latinas to see that and where you went and how the experience was was great. Plus, you also studied in Puerto Rico and in Florida. So it's kind of unique and having that experience, I think it, it right. really helps a lot to have the culture understanding, especially in Florida. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so thank you again, Dana, for being with us. I really appreciate it. If you have anything else you wanted to add or. No, I think um, just the same, the same as I mentioned before, and it's like that, you know, if the reason you're not pursuing one of these careers, right, is because you're afraid or because you think it is too challenging or maybe you just feel like you can't make it, um, it's, again, it's okay to acknowledge those thoughts those feelings, but don't let those like um, just um, deter you from following um, that pathway. Because again, like I was mentioning, there's so much support, there's so much help, um, not only financially, um, but also academically, mentally. It's just a matter of tapping into those resources. And something that I always say, I'm just this normal girl from Puerto Rico, like I don't have anything special um i was not the smartest <laughs> or i am not the smarter as smartest either but if i could make it like if i could do all of these things i when i say this i truly believe it 100 percent. any other girl can do it too so yeah you're right that's good and uh never give up that's for sure so thank you i appreciate that that's really good advice well, um, thank you. And this concludes our episode for Esa Latina. We've really enjoyed having Dana with us. And I hope that you will come and join us for the next episode. Thank you.